Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. Looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower this week. Uh, the official podcast of UTHDynasty.com. Home to over 300 premium podcasts this year alone. You can find things like the Film Notes podcast out first thing every Monday morning once I'm done watching every play of every game, distilling it down to the dynasty information you need to know as the tagline and intro goes for that show. Uh, you can find other things like I do a final thoughts on Friday or Saturday. It kind of goes into all the final things for roster spots and, uh, uh, again, a bunch of final topics as well as the running back roundup. Uh, you know with Jordan McNamara, we go over all 32 depth charts on Tuesday night, a very late night for me recording, but well worth it. We go over the most important point, uh, most important position in all of fantasy, uh, every single team, and make sure you are caught up on how do we stand State of the Union this week uh, in the macro. We talk some trading, we talk lineups, uh, and everything in between. And boy, I mean, with, with running back carnage this week, the last few weeks, this season overall, uh, it has been a very, very busy show um, on a weekly basis. Um, so we go over a bunch of that stuff. And that's just the tip of the iceberg in addition to rankings, metrics, and uh, articles, everything you need over there on the site itself. So Katie, uh, you, just to get an update here, you had to pay off a bet this previous weekend, which I saw a little bit, a couple pictures on Twitter, um, but fill us in in terms of a listener subscriber who uh, you made a bet with and you are a woman of honor and you paid off said bet with handsomely with a uh, home-cooked meal, home-cooked uh, hosting environment in the uh, the, the Texas cave and uh, confines you have there. Yeah, it was really awesome. Uh, Kyle LaPointe, he is a listener. He also has his own podcast, the Dynasty Self-Help, and I've been on it as a guest Uh he and Jeremy are both a lot of fun. But I got to meet Kyle. He brought his wife and his nine-year-old daughter, and she brought me some flowers, which were so cute. They looked like they were just handpicked that morning. And Little on the nose, isn't it? What's that? Little on the nose giving flowers to Katie Flowers. Yeah, and they were Razorback Red. I told her they're my Ooh. favorite color flowers because I had my Razorback apron on and my Razorback hat, and Kyle got to see the Razorback room, and I even joked with his daughter and said, can you count how many hogs that I've got in my whole house? And, and I, I said, just kidding. Yeah, I mean, there's, she would have been there all day counting. Um, but his wife had just, they've got a farm. They, they live about 45 minutes from me. They're, they've got a farm. They're about ready to close on a big 75-acre uh, ranch. Smokes. So they're moving to a substantially larger property. But they have she, animals and everything? Yes. Probably, so she had milked the cow and made fresh mozzarella cheese that morning Ooh. and brought me some fresh mozzarella cheese to go with. And then also from their garden, he brought me a big bag full of hot peppers and uh, some eggplant that they had just picked. And you that, don't like fresh ingredients, though, Katie. Oh, you, yeah. You frown upon that. You <laughs> like things that are canned. Yeah, right. So then I added that. I 
I didn't cook the eggplant. I saved that for uh, myself because I already had the menu all planned. But I had just picked a big bowl full of yellow, purple, and green beans from my garden, some Brussels sprouts, some uh, broccoli and cauliflower greens instead of the head. You can eat the greens just like you do collard greens or any other kind. So I I fixed those just like, uh, you know, regular greens, and those were good. I made nice thick ribeye steaks, and we had a great time. We had some whiskey. We had some beer. I had already finished my 10 weeks. I'm still going to continue to eat right, but I hadn't been drinking very much alcohol in 10 weeks. I had given it up. I wanted to lose um, some weight, and I did, and I lost 18.2 pounds, which I'm very happy about, but it was my day to just drink, cut loose, have fun, and not worry too much. Um, So as I told them, I said, I get very chatty when I drink, and I haven't had any drinks in a long time, so if I start chit-chatting like rapid fire, then you'll know why, and they laughed at that, but very nice family. We had a blast. Um, the food came out fantastic. We also, I also made some white bean and beet soup um, with, to go with salad to start off. I mean, we ate, we had snacks. We we were they were there, they were here for all afternoon. We watched the we watched the cowboy game, but mm. I was still you know doing some prep in the kitchen, so I wasn't fully watching it. And then uh, after it got out of hand very quickly, I said, do you mind if we switch it to the red zone? So then we can at least watch some of these other games that are interesting. And Kyle's like, yeah, sure. That's no problem. So we, Ben DiNucci was your signal. That was your signal. (laughs) Well, it wasn't even that point. No, it wasn't. I mean, that was later in the game, uh, at that point, but it's about the safety, the point of the safety. You're like, okay. Yeah. But anyway, it was, it was great, but it was also funny because, Kyle kept looking at his scores. I didn't look at my scores one time. I was really busy just getting everything finalized. I tried to get everything as much ready the day before and pre-cooked the beads, pre-cooked some some of the stuff as much as I could. But you know how that final push is when you got a big meal planned. So I was still busy in the kitchen and uh, going back and forth between the outside and inside and getting the, the steaks going and the potatoes and everything. But he was checking his scores all the time, and he goes, man, it's not looking good for my team in that eliminator, the, the, the one that we made the bet on, the, oh, yeah. you know? And he's like, all my tight ends are either on bye or they're not doing that well. And I'm like, you mean this is the bye week that I was teasing you about, that I was warning you about, that I said this is the week that you were going to drop? How ironic would it be if you lose – the weekend that that I'm paying off the bet, and he lost by less than a point. Oh. So he did get eliminated, and he, he uh, put it on Twitter this morning. I'm like, oh, man, so sorry. But he had a very strong team, and like I told him, in an eliminator, it doesn't matter. You have that one bad week, and that's yep. it. The bias can be a killer. Yeah, yep. So it was it was a blast, and I gave him a UTH hat. I let him pick between the black Excellent. or the gray, and he took a gray one. Uh, looks really good on him. We got lots of pictures together that I posted on Facebook. We posted a few on Twitter, uh, but yeah, he doesn't live that far from me, and I'll be going to his place next, and just really great. I love meeting people uh, through fantasy football. You said football. 75 acre farm? Yeah, yeah. Wow, so you can go over there and... and uh you know, play golf. the animals and uh, <laughs> play golf on the grounds. Exactly. 
Probably have a little three-hole, three-hole course, six-hole <laughs> course, whatever it is. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So I did not get to see a lot of the games this weekend, Chad. I, I yeah. do know that Odell Beckham got injured. I, I, and most of what I know is from Kyle saying, "Oh man, Odell yeah. Beckham just went down," or you know, Andy Dalton's well, out. <laughs> well, let me let me put two let me mash two things together. Sure. Um, so let's talk let's talk Tampa Bay. Okay. That uh, we have Antonio Brown. I believe that that was finalized long after we recorded last week. And now you've got people where Chris Godwin's going to miss this week. You know, we'll see if it's a multi-game absence. But the coach, base, Bruce Arians, came out and said, our whole wide receiver core. I mean, part of our reasoning for signing Antonio Brown is everybody's hurt. Now, we know that for sure with Chris Godwin. We're a couple weeks away from Mike Evans missing time, but it's been confirmed he's playing definitely hampered he's playing definitely compromised you got scott miller who came through with a big game but he's also uh part of the walking wounded at this point i mean they've got a litany of injuries so put together some of the hand wringing that's been going on about mike evans in general for i don't know now it's a couple down games in a row but we've seen this with aj green we've seen it with juju smith schuster people are very sensitive to a a cold streak of production they're very otherwise just drop them i mean it's crazy um so you've got you've got that going on with mike evans you've got the fact that chris godwin's been you know down this year but he's now he's missing more time and now you've got the influx of potentially Antonio Brown for again it's a very much a prove it deal but one thing I would ask you about you know spidey senses of players personalities I mean multiple teams now have completely walked away from this guy and do you think Antonio Brown is going to be someone that plays and plays the rest of the season pending uh, you know an injury and, and is a good good soldier with this team I do think he will be and I think that part of the reason that I think that is because Tom Brady personally has been pushing for Antonio Brown to be back on his team. He's got a chemistry with him in that short time that they were together in New England. They built a chemistry. And I think Tom Brady has the kind of wherewithal to rein him in, you know, say, look, you can be a part. This is a championship team here, dude. And you are still a very talented player. Like, he can stroke Antonio Brown's ego. Uh, You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? And anyway, I think that um, he can keep him in check. And and they need him. Okay. Uh, How much do you think that affects your rest-of-season prognosis on the other Tampa Bay passing game weapons? Is Mike Evans one where you're like, I can definitely see him being – you know, lowering expectations significantly. Would Antonio Brown be the wide receiver one? Does everybody turn into a wide receiver three flex lineup decision? Because you never know. There's going to be a high variance of outcomes week to week. What do you kind of see happening there? I think if Mike Evans is healthy, he will still get his red zone targets and still be fantasy relevant. And I think that uh, because of the injuries, there's plenty. Tom Brady's been wheeling and dealing and and spreading that ball around like he normally does. I don't see any reason why he won't. So it's just going to depend on who's the healthy. You'll be you should be able to tell based on who's starting that week whether they're healthy or okay. not. Okay. Do you think do you think Evans is someone you would be pretty aggressive with this week offering say like a late first round pick for? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If somebody would take that, 
I would do that. Uh, well, yeah, I saw I saw today or yesterday someone gave a second plus and got Mike Evans. Wow. So. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm ratcheting it up to a later first, you know, thinking, you know, you're a contender. And, and he kind of works both ways. I mean, you can obviously, you know, you might have a higher trajectory of production in, a, in 2021 than you would the rest of this season. So right. he kind of works both ways in terms of a contender or builder. Yeah. Uh, depending but on your, your the unfortunate there. thing, a lot of UTH listeners already have lots of shares. I know I've got lots of shares, so... I don't yeah. know that I was there's around, many I was looking around and I didn't buy. have many leagues to make offers. Exactly. I made exactly. three or four. Yeah. Yep. But uh, but not too many. Um, and, oh, I wanted to ask you about uh, about in Seattle. We may be, and this is a hearkening back. We actually reminded each other, you know, it's about time we need to record some Debbie stuff. You know, it's yeah. kind of mid-season, early season for Big Ten. But the point is we have some data points this this year already. Uh, so it's time for us to dial back in. We talked we talk Debbie periodically in the offseason too. Um, within our own leagues and you know our separate leagues that we play Debbie, etc. But one I remember, and this is years ago, uh, you mentioning in the the Miami uh, running back backfield uh, back then, and now he is with Seattle. And there's a potential, not only the potential to see elevated usage, there is a roundabout way that DJ Dallas gets a start this week. Chris Carson is going to be out a few weeks with his foot. Carlos Hyde is iffy with a hamstring. And then Travis Homer is questionable with a knee as well this week. So the perfect storm could align where DJ Dallas is easily, well, right now he is the healthiest Seattle running back. But what do you kind of remember from DJ Dallas Devi times when you brought him up to me and I was just kind of like, ah, I think he was a positional convert maybe. Uh, but he, but he had some production, had some movement and size to his game. Uh, so, but now if we see more of a sample size, is he someone in, in Dynasty Leagues this week you think is a pretty good pickup? I think he's a pretty good pickup. And just realize that it's probably just a temporary fix. I, I think that Chris Carson has had the tendency to uh, not really be injured that long. And I don't know that this is all that long of an injury for him. Uh, so I would temper expectations. I wouldn't spend the farm for uh, DJ Dallas. But I think he's capable of putting together a game or two, whatever they need for him. They've got a good enough team. Uh, I think he'll mix in, in nicely. But like I said, the caveat is it's short term. So... Uh, I don't know how many blind bid bucks most people have left at this point in the season. There's been some pretty juicy pickups, but then there's also been, you know, droughts. So <sighs> he feels like a spec play because even if he gets a start, I, I would venture a guess between Hyde and Homer that one of them plays this week. Mm -hmm. The odds of both of them being out and he's literally the last man standing, I don't think is is super likely. Um, so at best, you're kind of getting someone that's going to be, he would be in a committee with Homer, I would imagine, and he would be the primary backup behind Carlos Hyde uh, if those situations play out. And, you know, Carlos, uh, Chris Carson in a few weeks, he'll be back. So uh, right. that's going to be something that we kind of go week to week on. And it's a team, let's face it, it's really loving uh, Russell Wilson in that passing game in general. Uh, and He's got a locket in his pocket. He's going to use it. <laughs> especially if you take Carson and, and Hyde out of the mix, I imagine it would be very... Like a lot of times we assume that the run-pass mix would stay the same or the same feature element of a run game or whatever. But a lot of times you... I, I remember the... Uh, you know, they don't have mix in. And what did they do with Giovanni Bernard? They shifted a little more 
more to the pass, you know, and they just kind of say, well, we're not going to feature that aspect of our offense as much if we take a step down on the depth chart, you know, and I think that's understandable. Uh, I wanted to mention another guy who's going to have an elevated role. We've seen him in smattering uh, usages in the past few weeks. Jermichael Hasty, who I still remember uh, open air uh, rain day. We went over to the uh, the open bubble we yeah. didn't know about at the Senior Bowl. Uh, those dreary, was it one day or was it two days? I don't know, but we were... It was uh, one. It was, it was just one. the one day, and yep. now I know why some people don't go over there, but we, we were downfield level right there at the, at the end zone. And I remember Jermichael Hasty being, you know, 20, 30 feet from us. We, I don't think either one of us interviewed him. We didn't. We serves. did not. That's correct. It's kind of hard to find him. That is one thing because he's 5'9". Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, he's the tall guys you see, you, the tall guys you see, uh, you see pretty easily when you're doing the media sessions and stuff. But uh, but we watched him a little bit. Uh, definitely had some juice and zuzu, as Greg Cosell likes to say. Uh, but with... Uh, expanded opportunity, Raheem Mostert to IR, uh, so at least missing a few weeks here. Uh, pretty and, and Jeff Wilson again, poor one out. He goes for over thirty points, massive game, but then ends up getting hurt on one of his touchdowns, and now he's going to be out going to IR himself. You're pretty much left with at at this point with the 49ers, You're left with Jamichael Hasty, and then left for dead where we thought he was going to be the starter this past week. Uh, Jerick McKinnon who was a feature back earlier this season for a moment in time, and now they're going to have to use him. Otherwise, Hasty's going to be getting a lot of work. Yeah, it's it's been another interesting backfield, um, interesting to say the least, just the usage. Uh, I am thankful that I didn't have very many McKinnon shares to be disappointed with, but I, I did like Jamichael Hasty and what we saw of him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's just got that low center of gravity and just kept those legs churning. He was not the most productive of all of the running backs there, but he was right there hanging with them. Uh, so again, I think he could, he could do the job if he needs to. And that team is just so up and down. They're hard to even predict. Uh, what's your buy sell line on Hasty uh, before we even kind of see what what the iteration is this coming this coming game for them? Man, if you could get a second, any second, I would take that in a heartbeat and run. Uh, take a second as run, just as a a churned piece of the Shanahan uh, machinery of he's a running back with requisite skills, but to think that they're gonna lean not lean on him, but but be anything beyond the well, he's a healthy back that we have. Right, he's okay. he's a body. For this as a fill-in for as long as he needs to and that may be the rest of the season and and that may be uh i mean in his wheelhouse i i think he'll be you know eight to twelve fantasy points maybe more okay. but i you know I, I don't see if he is the starting back i don't see him just falling down and and being a dud okay so you take a second and uh, what about for McKinnon? You may be able to circle back now. I remember at his peak, I think he had a big game a few weeks ago. At his peak, uh, he was able to get maybe even if you add to it from your side, but it was possible to get a first-round pick. Yeah, uh, Where do I you think, stand on McKinnon now? I think you may have to add to it. The thing is, I've still got a lot of shares of James Robinson because people weren't willing to pony up. You know, mm-hmm. I either wanted a first or I wanted – a, a deflated player that hasn't 
taken off, you know, somebody that I like better. So I'm thankful that I've got him. Uh, he's, he's had a heck of a rookie season. I was fine with him getting him off waivers and keeping him. I, I remember saying that to you, but, uh, if you can't even get a first for James Robinson, I don't, I mean, McKinnon has been injured. He's been back. He's been fourth. If you could get a first grade, even if you have to add to it, I would add a late second to McKinnon to get a mid first or, you know, preferably a lower first, but. It's okay. hard to tell. It's even hard to tell. The people that are going to be buying him, try to look for a uh, playoff team that is more of a paper giant than uh, somebody that's going to make a long playoff run. And that way their first at least diminishes a little bit. Okay. Uh, another backfield that's changing is Kenyon Drake being out. Um, so that's going to shift things. And Chase Edmonds, he uh, he's basically had one start in his career. Uh, he's been the perennial do really good things in the secondary role. He had a big game last year against the Giants, going for a hundred and something yards, three touchdowns. Giants were an absolute s show um, on defense. I remember though, it was like the parting of the Red Sea on like two of his touchdowns and a decent amount of his yardage. It was just not a pretty effort uh, that day, and Edmonds exploited it, and then he got hurt. Um, so, what do you think about? Um, Edmonds in terms of this window of a few weeks, again, quasi ambiguous, but, uh, but Edmonds, he is one of those, you know, inside the top 10, I would guess of quote unquote handcuffs that now gets an opportunity in terms of the perception. I mean, there'd be plenty of people, even in the handcuff, uh, positioning on that depth chart that would not have dealt him away for a second round pick because they saw big upside potential. So now here we are on the precipice of him getting starts. Uh, Do you think it is a, if you have him and you're quasi-competitive, you ride him. If you're two and five, one and six, you look to deal him now. Do you wait for a game? Do you hope he plays and stays healthy? Like what's your general game plan here? I would try to trade him now. Kyler Murray is the running game in that, offense and he's also spread the ball around uh he's lifted up christian kirk and uh he absolutely has a connection with deandre hopkins so even before when drake was struggling was a good time to sell chase edmonds to anybody that uh, was anticipating drake continuing to go down but they really haven't been attacking the ground game like like they could or like they have in the past. And I I don't know if that's Kingsbury and his MO or it's just because you've got such a dynamic quarterback that can run the ball uh, in Kyler Murray. But whatever the case may be, I don't see – even a lot of people are, are touting pick up Eno Benjamin, trade for Eno Benjamin. It's Eno Benjamin time. You know, he <laughs> looked really great in college. He's going to be the guy. They're already overlooking Chase Edmonds for Eno Benjamin. So – I'm not sure what you could get for him. I did have a trade recently when Drake was looking pretty crappy. Um, I upgraded at quarterback, which in a start one quarterback league, you know that, you know, unless it's the cherry on top, I don't usually trade for a quarterback, but I'm 10-1 and I picked up Kyler Murray in the trade and I picked up DeAndre Swift and I traded away Chase Edmonds and James Robinson, um, and I think 
maybe some other small piece or something like that. And I ended up getting Kyler Murray and DeAndre Swift and just absolutely love the deal. So I don't know. I think that with Edmonds, you're more, you're better served trying to find a package that you like instead of yeah. trying to go for a pick. Yeah, upgrade somewhere. Because, um, yeah, it seems like a second plus and you're really not doing that much justice. Is someone going to give a first straight up? Maybe if they're if it's the right concoction of dying at running back but contending overall. or I mean, that, it seems like it's going to be tough this week to get that done. Now, if he comes off a big game, then maybe you've got a better chance and Drake's still going to be out a few weeks. I mean... There could be the combo there where it rises from this week. Um, But keep in mind, I mean, he had that one game, and I mean, we're really pinning a lot. I know he was a workhorse in college, um, but I I think something mentioned a few minutes ago is the, you know, this gives them a much better, not excuse, but this gives them maybe more motivation, like you said, to make it even more Kyler Murray-centric, to make it more about drop back and half of the rushes for the game are going to be Murray, (laughs) you know, and that might be nine. And that might mean Chase Edmonds gets nine carries and, and four or five receptions, but it's not like a workhorse role. And it's not the 13, 15, 18 carries. We saw most games out of Kenya Drake. So just be a little wary that, that it may not be that, Oh, plug and play. And look how efficient he's been on, on small touches. But, you know, what they're going to try to fill maybe is some of those traditional just right inside and the limitation is going to be three, four, five yards. And Chase Edmonds has been exploiting a lot of things in open space. Um, so adding something to that, it's not going to be adding, uh, you know, 10 plus yard runs to the perimeter and catches. It's probably going to be adding the doldrums of what Drake was inefficiently doing inside or whatever. Yes. All right. But yeah, I like your idea of, you know, can you put him with somebody else that maybe you're trying to sell uh, or a deficiency you have in an area to really affect your team and move the needle? All right. Um, Katie, also, I wanted to ask uh, one more thing about some of the rookies. I think we did a deep dive on the uh, the rookie wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I, I more have a comment that Brandon Ayuk continues to impress me. Um, and now with Debo Samuel out for potentially multi-week. He's got a hamstring thing going on. Yeah, 49ers and Garoppolo are all over the place. But Ayuk has been a traditional wide receiver. He's been the the alpha where they've been kind of scheming things up for Debo Samuel. And uh, I, I'm pretty comfortable. I know the football guy's projection has been uh, really nice in terms of like you, you typically are starting him as your wide receiver three and flex in the last couple weeks for Ayuk. And you definitely now feel even more solidified and comfortable with that um, as one of those first rounders that slip to the second round of rookie draft sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was definitely a UTH target in that early second round and I am solidly and with confidence putting him in lineups. You, you, a lot of us probably lost OBJ and there's been the banged up Mike Evans and Corey Davis is finally back and he's looked good. Uh, he's another guy that thank goodness he's back, but you know, T Higgins is looking good. Uh, I trust Ayuk in my lineups. Do you think you get Mike Evans plus for T Higgins right now? Are we there? I think so. I think so. Uh, I wouldn't be afraid to try it. 
And because it feels like Higgins has that combination of young, he's producing, he's got the attachment to Joe Burrow. I mean, there's a lot of positives there. And I'm not trying to run people off of exploring to trade him, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, you got to be very selective with what you're seeking out. But uh, that seems like I actually offered that same thing in one league to try to get Mike Evans is was Higgins for Evans plus, um, just to kind of gauge the market of two players that are kind of trending opposite directions at present. Right. Yep. Um, did we ask, did we talk last week about Juju Smith-Schuster at all? I I don't think so. I don't think we did. But, uh, but but he's another one that's been kind of beaten down, right? I mean, and he pops back up. He has a better game, you know, than than previous ones. He was going through a little bit of a rough patch. But and notice on the game that he did well, Claypool got a not, a not quite a goose egg. But one target. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I almost had negative points. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, actually probably did. So he did have negative points in non PPR. Um, but yeah, Juju, you know, 14 targets, uh, big bounce back game since week one. I mean, that was his best game of the season. So is he one that, I mean, I keep going back to so few guys did what he did in his first two years in the NFL that it's historically rare that he's kind of going through a 1.5 year swoon as he is. But he's been startable for four of the six games he's played this year. I mean, to say it's been horrific, I mean, maybe you expect it a lot better. I, I mean, I am not a Deontay Johnson guy. I'm not, based on prices and based on, you know, how hot things got, I'm, I wasn't a Chase Claypool guy. Chad of 2014 would have been all over Chase Claypool, by the way. Yeah. Um, I would have been drafting him over and over and over again, like the mid-second round, if just taking a guess from how I used to think. But uh, but it's just they have a good wide receiver core just in general. They have a good passing game and good weapons. And it, to me, it doesn't really speak that Juju Smith-Schuster is on like this, oh, his career is just going right down the, the toilet, you know, that – I mean, I don't think you can you can you can't undo what he did at 21 and 22 years old. Exactly, and he's still young. He's so, a free agent, so who knows? Right? If they don't pay him, someone's going to big money. Yep. What 15 million a year plus? I mean, he's going to get a big contract this this coming off season, whether it's from the Steelers or not. So I agree. I would so not just give up on him. Right. I mean, I think that he's the kind of guy we're always looking for value and anybody that gives you a little bit of value on a player that has had depressed stock. uh, It feels like people, uh, maybe this is just, I'm not used to in season trading. It's been a while. I'll I'll say, you know, by the time you get, you get really comfortable with it, the deadline hits and it's over. But like, it's been, you know, nine months, 10 months, 11 months that I, I just, I can't, it's so reactive. It's so, what happened the last 14 days? And then it's like, ah, like, let's change their value. Like, it's always a trailing market. There is no, there is no real, like, solid in-season ADP or startup draft uh, valuation to go by. Um, you know, does every calculator or whatever, UTH does, uh, but calculator, does it actually update, you know, on a on a regular basis? Um, you know, so so resources for true player value or, or or just what should I be looking for? That type of stuff is, I mean, you have a lot of avenues to explore that in the off season in pockets where nothing's changing, but in season not so much. But it just seems crazy. Like I, I'm I'm just thinking to myself, Mike Evans, if if like he doesn't finish the year, quote unquote, strong. I mean, he was going third round sometimes of of Superflex startup drafts last off season. Where does he go now? 
Yeah. I mean, and you, round five, round six. I, I mean, this is it's going to get to the point of being a little nutty. Yeah, and for any listener that is either fairly new or, you know, it's worth repeating because uh, you alluded to it, and I'm going to just pound this in a trade calculator and even the UTH trade calculator, which is very good and it is up to date. It still does not take into account hype. Hype can hurt you or it can help you. And at this time of year, hype can be a good thing or a bad thing. And for a player like Mike Evans, his hype is negative hype. And you can take advantage of that. If you're struggling, if you're not a contender, uh, and like Mike Evans is what, 27, 28? I mean, that's still, that's not cliff-worthy at this point. He's but, probably an O'Keenan Allen level of startup drafts this coming off season. Right. So you could get a, as still a very phenomenal player for a very good size discount and maybe unload some of your uh, players that are rising beyond and are hyped well above what you paid for them. And, and that's the beauty of this market. And, that's the in-season market. But just remember that with any trade calculator, with any tool, or even when you ask the question on Twitter or to other mm-hmm. analysts or other people, it's take it with a grain of salt. What matters most is your market. Your league is your market. And the other owners, what do they believe? What are they listening to? What are they what are they hearing? Are they panicking? Are they losing players and now you want to be the one to offer out the olive leaf, the olive branch, and say, look, I've got this player. and He's scoring tons of points. You can get in the playoffs, man. You can make the money. You just got to give up this. We'll, we'll make this work for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you got to uh, draw them in. Draw them into your van with the candy. That's right. <laughs> Um, do you want to do a quick uh, UTH subscriber contest update here? It's best ball contest. It's over at my fantasy league. Uh, they are the my platform of choice. I uh, love the platform. I've been playing on it for years. Uh, and they donate for the contest, uh, hosting for the contest every single year. Uh, Brian, top score, narrowly, narrowly beat out Andrew Calio this week. Uh, and Brian... Had a big week. Carson Wentz has been producing through uh, all of the trials and tribulations of the Eagles this season. Get a big game out of Mr. Antonio Gibson. He's been riding a nice stretch from Mr. Todd Gurley with the schedule being conducive. He had Scott Miller. He's got to be one of the only people in the contest with Scott Miller. Mentioned a bounce back game from Juju Schmidt-Schuster. Hayden Hurst uh, with some nice volume this week. And TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he's been one of the underrated tight ends that's come around in year two after some flashes last year. And he is producing and becoming a lot more consistent. He's also still waiting on Cam Akers maybe to provide something. He's got Le'Veon Bell in his holster. That could be nice down the stretch for him as well. He lost Beckham. Beckham, that's going to be key. And uh, Robert Tanyan, he's got as a backup option, but he's not overly deep at tight end either. So congratulations, Brian, coming through with the top finish. And uh, Katie, overall standings, you are at number two. I You're down by back. just a point. I got zero it is for neck quarterback. And neck. I think, it is very tight. Yeah, I think that's the first time I've ever had a zero at any position in this contest. And I had three quarterbacks on by and Dak Prescott hurt. So yeah. I had a zero at quarterback for the first time ever and opened the door, 
Andrew is Calio is right there on my butt, and he's there. Andy Rizzo is ahead of you. Uh, yep. Bartholomew, you you four are really a tier, and then it drops down. I'm technically six, but five and beyond is is a full full tier below that top four right now with you and uh, three tough subscribers there. Yep, yep, it's gonna and, be. Uh, Jord- Jordan's been moving up, so again, we're we're starting to post uh, in terms of, of, of the, the floor outcome here for the, the quote-unquote uh, UTH experts here. And uh, any final thoughts, Katie, as we close up? Yeah, uh, I was guest last night on Devi Marketplace with Kane Fassell and Shane Hallam and two great guys in the Dynasty fantasy football uh, community. We talked Devi. And it was just a blast. The show will come out tomorrow. Just if you're following me on Twitter, you'll see the link. But uh, just I, I just want to comment on how wonderful most of the fantasy football community is on Twitter. There's a lot of people that will help and support each other, that will lift each other up if you're having a problem or, you know, meeting Kyle and, and getting to know his family. Just wonderful. Um, Enad, one of the, our listeners proposed to his girlfriend and she said yes so they're getting married so congratulations Enad and it's just it's a great community and even in a down year a crazy year like it is I just love how we help each other out lift each other up and the the camaraderie is just fantastic yep there is good to come out of 2020 uh yeah love that and it's all about embracing embracing the good and that that goes along with continue to grind you know every single week uh well not every single week but some of these weeks we've had a lot of craziness with changing schedules testing just leaving things up in the air but uh just like the injury report we've got to adapt and overcome i found i can't believe that show i do friday night or saturday um for kind of final thoughts how much there is and how much has changed since we record on Tuesday night. And a lot of the heavy lifting is in the early part of the week, but navigating the injuries and the latest, you know, where do we stand today um, going into the week and first come first serve pickups have been pretty, pretty busy on the year overall when sometimes it's, you got the waiver run and then, you know, maybe you're picking up or swapping out a kicker defense, you know, spot starter here or there, but um, there's some been some legitimate things going on. So I would just remind folks, Stay tuned in. You know, it can be, you know, if you see, if you're in a few leagues and you see someone get picked up and it kind of perks your ears up, do a quick check. You know, did something just happen? Did someone get scratched? Uh, and maybe you can read the tea leaves, but you might be, you know, even if you missed out in that league, you maybe can pivot over and uh, you're, you're making a move uh, because that was a, an indicator uh, in one of your other leagues and still uh, be able to benefit in some form or fashion from getting on there and uh, making a quick move. Uh, so for Katie Flower, at FF underscore Sky 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL. And you can find uh, Tim Torch over doing a, a, a waiver show. Uh, we talk a few other topics weekly over at patreon.com slash UTH if you want to support the show, as well as becoming a general manager subscriber over at UTHDynasty.com. Until next week, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.